Welcome and good morning to all of you, my friends and brethren in the Lord. And let me read to you our text for our God's Word for Today devotional that can be found in Acts chapter 10, verse 34 to 43. So Peter opened his mouth and said, Truly, I understand that God shows no partiality, but in every nation, anyone who fears him and does what is right is acceptable to him. As for the word that he sent to Israel, preaching good news of peace through Jesus Christ. He is Lord of all. You yourselves know what happened throughout all Judea, beginning from Galilee after the baptism that John proclaimed, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power. He went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil. For God was with him, and we are his witnesses of all that he did, both in the country of the Jews and in Jerusalem. They put him to death by hanging him on a tree. But God raised him on the third day and made him to appear, not to all the people, but to us who have been chosen by God as witnesses, who ate and drank with him after he rose from the dead. And he commanded us to preach to the people and to testify that he is the one appointed by God to be judge of the living and the dead. To him, all the prophets bear witness that everyone who believes in him receives forgiveness of sins through his name. In this wonderful encounter of Peter and Cornelius, together with his relatives and friends and household, here Peter preached the good news to them. In a very profound and simple way, Peter proclaimed the good news to them. He described it as the good news of peace through Jesus Christ, who is the Lord of all. The gospel is about reconciling or reconciliation between God and man through Jesus Christ alone. It was Paul who wrote in Romans chapter 5, verse 1, Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have, been, or we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. So reconciliation means that God and man is or are reconciled. This is what called as the peace with God. The gospel brings peace because it reconciles sinful man to the holy God. So we ask this question, what is the good news? According to Peter here in his preaching, the good news is the news. Which was a historical event in the past. It was not a suggestion. It was not an idea or concept. It was an event. That Jesus of Nazareth, he was a spiritual figure who was appointed with the Holy Spirit and with power. He is the Messiah. He is the anointed one. He went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil. For God was with him. So for three years, he did all these good things, healing and casting out demons. And this proved that he comes from the Father. And at the age of 33, he was crucified. He died and was buried. And three days later, he rose again from the grave. Peter claimed that he was a true witness of the risen Christ. When in fact, he said in verse 40 and 41 here, but God raised him on the third day and made him to appear, not to all the people, but to us 
who had been chosen by God as witnesses, who ate and drank with him after he rose from the dead. So amazing. Peter testified before them that he ate and drank with the risen Christ. And in verse 6, he said, then he appeared to more than and, and 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 Paul also attested this truth of the resurrection when he wrote in First Corinthians chapter 15, verse 4 to 7. This is what Paul wrote. That he was buried, Christ was buried, that he was raised on the third day in accordance with the scriptures, and that he appeared to Cephas or Peter, then to the twelve. Then he appeared to more than 500 brothers at one time, most of whom are still alive, though some have fallen asleep. Then he appeared to James and then to all the apostles. Last of all, as to one untimely born, he appeared also to me. So Paul just summarized the witnesses. Who were the witnesses of Christ's resurrection? Peter included in his testimony. In other words, Jesus had conquered sin, death, and hell. That's the good news. He overcame sin, death, and hell, and even Satan. And because he is the victorious Messiah, Peter challenges us. Peter challenges all the believers that we should preach that he is the one appointed by God to be judged of the living and the dead. Because Jesus is alive, he is the God who became man, who became alive again after his death. He rose from the dead. He will come again to be the judge of the living and the dead. Are you ready for his second coming? But the good news is that to all who believe in him, they will receive forgiveness of sins through his name. Would there be a great or a greater blessing Apart from this, that we will be forgiven from our sins. Is there a greater blessing or greater privilege other than this, more than this, that a sinful man can be forgiven from all his sins? What shall it profit for a man if he gains the whole world and lost his own soul? What will it profit to you and to me if you have everything in this world, but your soul will be lost in hell, condemned because of your sin? But thankfully, everyone who believes on the Lord Jesus Christ will be forgiven. He will not be condemned. And this is the assurance because of what Christ did at the cross. Although Cornelius was exceptionally a devout Gentile, he was a good man. But he was not saved by his good, by his good works. Ephesians chapter 2, 8 and 9 and even Titus 3, 5, and 6 are two writings of the Apostle Paul that we cannot be saved by our good works. Peter here explained to Cornelius and the crowd that God had offered salvation to anybody, regardless of race or ethnicity. That's why Peter said here, Truly, I understand that God shows no partiality, but in every nation, anyone who fears him and does what is right is acceptable to him, verse 34 and 35. So by this statement, Peter meant that real faith in Christ is expressed in fear, reverential fear or worship. And 
by doing good works. In other words, when a person is truly saved, he has the genuine faith, he will show it by his worship to the Lord and by his good works. Any good work outside of our relationship with Jesus, according to Isaiah, they are just filthy rags. Isaiah 64 verse 6. Nobody would be saved by his good works, but by faith alone, trusting the finished work of the Lord Jesus Christ that he did at the cross. But those who are saved by faith in Christ will express their genuine faith by their good works. We are not saved by good works, but we are saved unto good works. We are saved by faith alone, but we will show our faith, our genuine faith, by our good works. As Luther said, we are saved by faith alone, but the faith that saved is never alone. As a genuine person who has a genuine faith, a person who really had this faith in the Lord Jesus Christ real, he will show this by his good works. So, if you claim that you are a Christian today, you trust the Lord Jesus Christ, what's the evidence that you have that real faith? How do you show that you have this true faith in Christ? You are not going to do good works in order to be saved, but by your good works, you showed that you have really a genuine faith. May God bless us. May we continue to rejoice for the salvation that is free by faith alone in Christ and be thankful to him by serving him, by doing good works, by giving him honor through the good deeds that we do while serving him. Let us pray. Father, thank you for your word today. Bless this our heart, Lord. Thank you for the good news. Thank you that indeed when Jesus was crucified at the cross, buried and rose again, he conquered sin, death, and hell so that we can trust that he did it all. He paid it all. And we, our salvation is complete in him. Help us to be thankful and grateful. And we will show this by our service, by our good works that we do. Lord, may you continue to give us the joy of serving you not out of obligation, but because of the fact that you have died for sins and you've given us this eternal life free in the Lord Jesus Christ. In his name we pray. Amen. Mm -hmm.